Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Right now, you can get both Sprint's Unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after monthly credit supplied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 630 pay $32 a month per line with auto pay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. I'm Stephen Jodderand. Joining me today, Jake Watroba. On this episode of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, it's part one with our interview with Detroit City FC coach Trevor James. We discuss his travels from Europe to America and his introduction to U.S. soccer. Come back tomorrow to catch part two. Before we get to the interview, follow us on the Twitter machine at Uncle Sam Soccer Pod. We are found on any major podcast platform, so hit that subscribe button, leave a five-star rating. Now, let's get to today's show. Joining us right now is Detroit City FC newest head coach, Trevor James. Trevor, how are you doing? Yeah, it's good, thanks. How are you guys? We're doing well. We're doing good. Thanks for thanks for joining us, Trevor. Um, you've had a deep and long uh, experiences working with the sport, uh, you were you know scouting for FC Barcelona, Newcastle, Sporting Lisbon, and even the English national team. Just talk about your experiences in Europe before moving to American soccer. Um, well, it was um, obviously a fantastic time. I mean, you know, the work the work that I did with those clubs. It was basically um, just just working. I was I was brought in to do some work by by Sir Bobby Robson. Um, and that was the connection. I mean, I, 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 I sort of did, you know, uh, freelance scouting for him and, and different things that he needed. But it's a great experience, obviously, you know, to, to be around him. I mean, I was around him as a young, young man, as a player. Um, uh, and then obviously to get into the coaching ranks and the scouting ranks to, to be able to, to use him as a mentor or as a resource was you know, it was priceless, really. I mean, so that, that you know, it was a fant- fantastic time. Learned obviously a great deal um, about how to do things and how not to do things. So, yeah, fantastic experience. Was there one situation or one experience that stood out over the others? Um, I think the time at uh, at um, at Porto was 
you know, it it was a a, a, a great a great time of our, you know, I mean, out of all of them, I mean, there's so many, but um, the, the Porto, uh, when when Bob was uh, at his most successful at Porto, and the, you know, the, the the group of players he put together, and the and just just the way he handled them, obviously, it's you know, learning process of of managing international players and, and different from different cultures and so on. Um, I think that was a highlight of it because he he actually can you know managed to develop a group there and play such a such an attractive um, uh, game or, or style of football if you like and and obviously the results and the uh, you know show that I mean they went on to to win the league um, back to back and and play in Europe and and, and obviously um, the success was built from that time with Sabal. So I think that was. That was probably, you know, memorable for me. The the Porto and just the fanatical um, supporters in Portugal, and obviously the rivalry between Benfica and Sporting, and and so on. So yeah, I think probably Porto was will stick with me for a bit. Well, Trevor, you've had uh, experiences with, with with these massive clubs over in Europe, with uh, you know Newcastle and and Barcelona. Um, what brought you to the United States? Well, I, I've been in the United. I've had a home in the United States for over 30 years. I mean, 32 years. People, I, I, you know, even when I worked in some of those 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 capacities you just named, it was I was always I always had a home base in in California, and I would travel from there and I would travel back home. So, what brought me to the to US originally was when I was playing. I was coming really. I had a, a number of injuries. I come to the end. Of playing, and I came over to try to play. I uh, came over on a loan period to play indoor soccer um, for the Los Angeles Lasers. Uh, if you remember that, um, there was no outdoor league at the time. It was after the, um, you know, the original NASL and before MLS, and there was no real outdoor professional league. So I played. I came to play there, but when I got here, the, the actual league folded. So it was a real, <laughs> a real strange time to be in the U.S. for. You know, in in soccer, basically. So um, that's what initially brought me here. Um, made a, lot, uh, a number of contacts and got in, you know, with with my coach and qualifications. I got into coaching, and I would go backwards and forwards. Obviously, with work with positions as you've mentioned, uh, but always had a home here. So, you know, when MLS started, it was um, it was you know really an opportunity for me to try to get involved with MLS and. Um, it didn't happen for a number of years. I didn't, you know, I think the I didn't play in the league, which I didn't, I don't think helped. Uh, obviously, the coaches they were hiring initially were experienced college coaches, and you know, had done, successful college coaches, I should say. Um, you know, like Ziggy's and Bruce and these people. Uh, so, so I didn't, I didn't get an opportunity. So I was look, I looked to get an opportunity early on in MLS, but didn't, didn't get one. So that's why, um, really, I kept working abroad because if I could have could have got a job in MLS when it started I probably would have done so Jake I know you have a follow-up question let me just ask you this Trevor what was the the discussion mm-hmm. happening in Europe regarding American soccer when you're talking about before MLS because MLS completely shifted the conversation regarding soccer on the global scale even early on America here here that comes with its newest league and for a while there there was a dead period without any outdoor American soccer leagues 
Yeah. No, it was looked on that. It was looked as if, you, you know, if, if you want to go from Europe or from certainly the UK, it was looked upon as, you know, that it wasn't going to be played here. You know, it was a football, baseball, you know, basketball country and, they, and it wouldn't be accepted. But uh, but there was people who had never been here, never seen it. So, you know, which is, is normally the case, isn't it? People judging it without really experiencing it or seeing what's going on. So, and so I think that was... Uh, that was that. Obviously, people would try to, you know, when players, when when the NASL was around, people would players would come and come on loan from from UK or European teams, and and certainly had a taste of the of what it could be and the lifestyle in certain cities. So I think there was always an eye on if they had it, if they got a league, it would be good. But don't think they'll ever to get it. You know, I think that was probably the the general sort of feeling. But um, but as you say, when MLS has uh, it, it's you know changed initially changed, you know the of what the league was going to be and and uh, and it was doing well and it weren't doing so well and 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 probably the sign David Beckham has pushed it into a different different uh, different realm and that's uh, obviously you know for the better of the league and and the better of uh, you know everybody involved in it. Trevor, I wanted to ask you, uh, as a player, because you mentioned you came over here um, on loan, mm -hmm. what are some of the biggest challenges for, for a player going abroad to, to, play, to play soccer? Right, right. But when I, a bit clarify, when I say as a player, a lot of people might disagree with that, because if they've seen me play, they probably wouldn't, they wouldn't agree with that. So let me get that in there. But uh, now the difference is, I think, is just the, for me, anyway, it was just the fact that it you come from an environment where you know it's full on as far as that you, you you're training and you're playing, you're preparing, you're thinking you're thinking about the game for the most part. Uh, to suddenly come, in my case, to to a culture which was you work very hard when you train for a couple of hours, but basically you know, it, it wasn't thought of and it, it was, you know, it just, you, you trained and you turned up for a game. There was not a lot of thought into it or preparation into it. It was, it was, it, it was not as, as, it didn't seem as serious. Now I'm sure the players were as serious, but it just didn't seem it, you know, every, everything was a little bit more relaxed and it's, um, you're not in such a hotbed of, uh, you know, of, of criticism and, and the rest of it, which, which obviously you are in professional leagues, um, around the world, which you know is now in MLS, so it's it's very competitive now. So, so I think it, it was a point. It wasn't as competitive as it as as I was used to. Uh, Trevor, let, let's talk about the multiple stints within U.S. soccer as a whole. You were the assistant coach for the Galaxy, then being uh, promoted as the director of player development. You oversaw the creation and growth of the LA Galaxy Youth Academy. Then you spent time with the Fire in the Eleven. How do those experiences compare? Mm -hmm. To the experiences in Europe. Um, well, in between there, actually, between the Galaxy and Chicago, I was actually in Portland, and that was uh, Portland Timbers. But that was um, the closest out of those clubs. That was the closest that you that I've experienced in MLS, as far as the culture and support base was was at Portland. So that would be the closest. No, as I said, I think. You know, it, it, it's developed. I mean, it, it's certainly changed from the first, from my first position in MLS at, at, with the Galaxy. It's it's certainly changed by the time I went to Portland. It changed by the time I was in Chicago. So, 
it's got more and more. But I, as I say, I think I think it it just took time to build and for for the communities of the clubs to to get behind it and realise that they're, you know they're part of it. They're obviously the you know it's a massive part of of US soccer is the is the fan bases as far as these clubs have. I mean, far more organised and far more committed probably than a lot of the fan bases or supporters groups as they call them in in Europe. Uh, obviously, it's one or two exceptions, but generally most clubs have a supporters group, but they they're not as involved as probably all you know the the supporters groups here. I mean, even here in Detroit, you know, the Northern Guard supporters group. Uh, you know, I mean, it's why they get six, seven thousand people at a game. It's you know, it's 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 like being in Europe. So, so I am starting to see it. I saw it more at, as I said at Portland with the Portland uh, Timber Army there, and you know that's where they get twenty thousand people every week. So, you know, it's it's developing. It's, it's it wasn't it took time, but it's certainly developing in that way. What what about the I guess culture within the club and how they oversaw operations of the game. Well, again, I think it was all a learning process. I mean, when they started, most teams had a general manager uh, and a head coach, and and the, you know, general manager, just like other sports, probably in the U.S., was had a responsibility to find and sign players and and have a big big part in that side of it. I mean, that's that's probably the difference from what Europe was, because you know, you, if you had a general manager or a, or a, president or whatever title the clubs would give them um they didn't really they weren't really involved in the recruitment or uh, the building of a, of a squad but in the u.s obviously a general manager does take on a responsibility to build um the roster um i think in recent times clubs have ever hired technical directors and sporting directors and again other titles underneath the general manager which have had more responsibility for that and the general manager having less in as far as recruitment and building a roster. But I think that's a change because I think initially, based on other US sports, the general manager had a fair say on what was going on with the roster. Trevor, I want to talk about the progression of US soccer. So you had mentioned you you, you know came to America to play indoor soccer uh, before MLS ever existed, after the NASL existed. Um, can you talk about the progression U.S. soccer has made now? I mean, you have MLS now that, you know, who would have thought, you know, I'm sure when you were playing indoor soccer that MLS would have some of the biggest stars in world football with Wayne Rooney and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, mm-hmm. and then they go and sell Miguel Almiron to Newcastle for mm-hmm. nearly $30 million. I mean, can you talk about mm-hmm. how far U.S. soccer has come since you played over here? Oh yeah, no, it, it's it's come leaps and bounds. I mean, you, you're talking about was in the mid ninety five, ninety six when the league. I mean, to where we are now, it's night and day. I mean, the the it's just that because of that, everything has improved, and because everything is improved, the stadiums have improved, the training facilities are, you know, a lot of the training facilities are equal to a club in Europe or wherever, um, you know, so for that so and, and everything has improved in the care of the players whether it's the you know the the the, the, the off the field stuff with their accommodations and their housing and their um, management off the field um to travel obviously people are still looking for the, the you know the charter jets but the the travel and, and the and the accommodation you stay on the road is first class 
they're looked after. So with all that, you then, you know, rightly, you then can attract these players, the Roonies and, and these people who are used to that, you know, they take that, that's part of what they do at the clubs. And so as far as where the league has come, it's obviously fantastic because it come from, as I said, initially to having probably three or four people around to, to try to manage it, which a lot of the players were ex-college players or, you know, local pros who, you know, played in, in sort of semi-pro leagues. And, um, and, and it's developed, but I think it's done great because it's developed the off the side, off the field side of the game by facilities and management is to, to then now say, right, yeah, we can attract these players because what you'll get at, you know, whether it's Tottenham or, or wherever you want to go, um, we are in that, in that, in that race. Now, obviously the, the actual product is, is going to, is going to be the last thing to catch up because is, is you're going to get people, as you say, you are attracting players now and they will attract more players. So as it goes in the next, next five, 10 years, I think you'll see a lot more, a lot more, um, you know, we've got a lot now, but even more, um, if you want to say, you know, bigger names type, type uh, characters within the league. So it's attracting players before they're finished, before they're getting to the end. You know, and I think I think David Beckham did that. He came at a time where he could still play. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he, you know, maybe a bit of, he could have come three or four years later, and he still would have made an impact. But the fact that he came when he could still play at the top level, I think, was was a massive, a massive sell for the league. And I think, uh, you know, it's where you see other people, other players come now and and seeing it as, you know, a place to come and play. I know, I know that, you know, uh, the commissioner wants to make it, it says a league of choice. And I think it's getting that way. You know, I think it's, mm-hmm. it is getting that way, the number of players. So, so it's come, it's come on massively. So, well, there you have part one of our interview with Detroit City FC coach Trevor James. Come back tomorrow to catch part two where we discuss Detroit City FC and youth development. Make sure you follow us on the Twitter machine at Pod. Send in your comments, your thoughts, your concerns. I'm Stephen Jodrand. That's Jake Watroba. See you soon. And now, an ad from Dad. All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone 15 dollars a month after twenty two fifty a month credit. Apply within two bills. If cancel early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after six thirty twenty. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines. With auto pay data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. 